It's four o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Woohoo! This week, starring five ways you can get the most out of Taxi. Yeah, baby. That was fake enthusiasm, if we're going to be honest about that. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you why in a second. But uh, before I say hello to the folks in the chat room, I want to talk about the fact that I really do get unbelievably uh, frustrated. Uh, there, we got sounds. Yay. Okay, I get really super-duper frustrated when people say, oh, yeah, I was a member of Taxi, and not much really happened for me. I don't know if it's worth it. And then you come to find out that they dropped out of Taxi early in their first year. They made a few submissions. They didn't get forwarded. Clive Davis didn't show up at their front door and say, you're the greatest act I've ever heard. And they put their tail between their legs and they go home. So what they never tell people when they say, I didn't get much out of it, is because they didn't do the right stuff. So I'm going to tell you guys five ways you can get the most out of Taxi. And I know that many of you guys, especially those of you in the chat room for the live show, are experienced members. You've been around for a while, and you may know a lot of this stuff. But just know that at the end of the show, probably about two-thirds of the way through the show, I'm going to ask you guys to give us some tips in the chat room um, for ways that new members can get more out of Taxi. And then when the show is over, I'm going to ask you guys to post some tips in the comments. And whoever gives the best tip in the comments is going to get a free copy of Writing Production Music for TV by Steve Barden, which I think is, well, it's not only the best book on the subject, it may be the only book on the subject. Anyway, it's a great book. Steve's been a great guest on Taxi TV probably three or four times now. And um, so we're going to give away a copy of that book by people putting comments in the comment section underneath the video later. And with that, I want to say hello to my friends in the chat room, Martin Lacombe, Andy Pierce, Robert Else, Fentamalonas, Weather Eye, Jim Stamper, Wendy Landers, One Hot Day, uh, Ron Kajawa, hey Ron, um, Floyd Armlin, Carl Wurzbach, uh, Darren Fletcher, DW, Rainbow Kitchen, Bob Gunnerfelt, uh, Gloria Covington, hello one and all. Um, so I'm a little toasty today, but I'm going to give it my absolute best effort. The reason I'm toasty is that Thursday we put in a ring doorbell and ring security light on the back of the house. Last night I didn't turn the ringer or the buzzer off of my phone, vibrator off of my phone, left it on the nightstand, went to sleep kind of early for me, um, trying to get a good night of sleep, and at 2.18 in the morning, I pick up the phone. Oh no, there's somebody in our backyard. I turn it on and what do I see in the backyard? A coyote. Yes siree. Now, that's not so, you know, unusual in Southern California or frankly in many of the states in the US. But what makes it unusual is that we have a six foot fence around the entire backyard, actually a concrete wall. Um, with machine gun turrets on it and, and armed guards. Uh, I'm kidding, of course, but how the heck did that coyote get over that wall? I do not know, but that explains the dead bunny rabbit that was laying at the bottom of the hill behind our house uh, not that long ago. Anyway, so Mr. Coyote woke me up at 2.18 a.m. and uh, didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night. I get goofy when I'm sleepless, so you don't know what might happen on this show today. Um, 
I'm actually going to suck on a cough drop because I was a little sick over the weekend and still have a little like congestion and a froggy throat. <clears throat> but agua. Harry Harlow says coyotes are noted pole vaulters. <laughs> I've, oh, never mind. Anyway, let's get right down to business. Five ways you can get the most from taxi. This might be the single greatest thing that you need to know. So pay attention, class. The number one way that you can get the most from taxi is just by simply having the right mindset. You know? Um, you're probably not going to become, become successful in a few weeks or even a few months, so buckle in for the long haul. Um, our most successful members have coined and often used the phrase, the five-year plan. I didn't come up with that. They came up with that. And the reason they came up with it is our smarter, more experienced, and most successful members realized that, uh, as I think it was Chuck Schlachter, one of our longtime members, uh, said, it's a uh, it's a marathon not a sprint but so many people just you know like hey man i joined taxi why why hasn't it worked out for me yet but 90 days isn't the right amount of time five years sounds like it's forever but that doesn't mean you're not going to have any success for five years you're going to have incremental success but things really seem to kick in and gain momentum momentum around five years so think of it as a business, you know, like if you open, I've said this before in the show, if you open a hot dog stand, chances are it wouldn't be successful day number one or week number one. People need to know where you are. Uh, if you open a dry cleaning business, a pizza shop, um, a stock brokerage, um, a jewelry store, anything that you could possibly open, chances are so incredibly high that it's going to take some time and it's going to take persistent work on the way to that success. So, I mean, only somebody who's a dreamer and an unrealistic dreamer at that would start something and just expect, boom, instantly. Everybody's gonna discover how incredibly talented I am and then they're just gonna, you know, dump a bunch of money in my hands and there you go. So that was number one, have the right mindset. Oh, I made a note. It's on the next page. Five or ten forwards. <clears throat> and for those, excuse me, for those of you who are not part of Taxi Yet, a forward means material that was in fact forwarded to somebody in the industry by us after we screened it. So five or ten forwards is not enough in most cases. Some people get lucky out of the gate, but not very many. Um, it's a numbers game, and you need to get as much music finished and in the hands of as many people who can use it and pay you for it as possible. So, you know, taking a couple pieces of music and submitting them to stick your toe in the water and see if it's going to work, probably not going to work, and it's probably going to give you the wrong impression. Number two way that you can make the most of Taxi, this is related. Sorry. Man, that is one potent cough drop. Think of the music business as a business. The days of, a couple, of having a couple of great songs and having an A&R person hear them and just go, oh, you're so amazingly talented, and then sign you to a deal, that stuff rarely, rarely happens. 
yes, you may read about it somewhere because, you know, Billie Eilish or somebody's got a great publicist and that's how it happened for them, but that makes great press. For the vast majority of artists out there uh, who are successful, no matter what form that success comes in, they had to work at it for a long time. They had to work at the music, they had to work at the marketing, they had to work at tagging their music so that it got picked up when people searched for it, all that stuff. So in today's music business, no matter if you're doing film and TV syncs, um, trying to make it as an artist or writing songs for artists who are already signed, you cannot depend on others to do the work for you. Everybody seems to be an independent artist or the need for everybody to be an independent artist is really incumbent on all of you. Um, so suck it up, you know, just suck it up, dude. Learn what needs to be done and just do it. People who make it today's music business are self-starters who take their destinies into their own hands. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Man, oh man, if I see you sitting on the couch going wham, 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 poor pitiful me, I made all this pretty music that I love and my friends and my family love it, and nobody in the industry is smart enough to recognize what a genius I am, how talented I am, or how incredibly good my material is, if I see that happening, I'm coming over to your house and I'm going to smack you upside the head with a pillow, and we're going to have a long talk, okay? So don't get whiny. Stop feeling sorry, stop feeling like you need a lucky break and make your own lucky breaks. These aren't just words that I read in some self-motivation book. This is me telling you this from my heart because I have watched our members either fail or become wildly successful and everything in between for 28 years. And I've noticed that the successful people almost to the person do the same things over and over. And, you know, uh, I don't know about you guys, but yes, years ago, I read, I think, three of Anthony or Tony Robbins, the self-help guru, the guy with the teeth. Um, I've read his books. And one of the things he pushes consistently is model successful behavior. So, oh, lo and behold, look at that. Our successful members have modeled the successful behavior of their peers who have already been successful before them. It just makes so much sense. I don't understand why people submit three things, put their tail between their legs and go home after a couple of months. Doesn't add up for me at all. The number three way to make taxi work for you. Is that what it's called today? To get the most from taxi. The number three way to get the most from taxi is, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have a drum roll for number three. Develop recording and production chops, right? Makes perfect sense. If you want to be in an industry that requires recorded music, guess what you should know how to do? Record your music. <laughs> I'm so serious. If you don't already know how to use home recording gear, just figure it out. Learn how to do it. Um, thousands of people have come before you. It's not that hard. Um, I'm going through it myself right now, setting up a little home studio because I feel a little bit guilty that sometimes I'm telling you guys to do stuff that I myself haven't done. Can I run an SSL? Yes. Can I run a Neve? Yes. Can I run an antique MCI recording console? Yes. Do I know a lot about mics and wires? Yes. Do I know anything about digital recording and having a digital audio workstation? Not so much. So I'm learning so that I don't feel like I'm out of touch with you guys, right? So 
Everything you need to know is on YouTube. Everything. Um, literally everything in the world is on YouTube, I'm convinced at this point. I don't think a weekend goes by where I don't use YouTube for something that I'm doing around the house or something that I want to learn. I love YouTube. But it's like going to the gym. You're not going to drop the pounds if you don't work out. If you have to rely on somebody else to do your recording and production, your ability to hit deadlines, which are really important in the sync world, and your ability to make changes in a timely fashion is severely hampered. Severely, like severely, okay? So once again, I say develop recording and production chops. I do know a lot of members who knew nothing and they went out, they maybe even started with GarageBand, which is free with every Mac, and it's you know reasonably comprehensive. You can certainly learn a lot by using it. It's not something that you're gonna use for the entire you know rest of your career, but it's a good starting point. If you wanna develop some early chops for free, use GarageBand, make a lot of mistakes, fail often, okay? Number four on my list, where'd it go? And there it is. Read the taxi listings every single day of your life. You know why? Because we put a ton of effort into bringing you the best opportunities anywhere in the industry. I mean, frankly, we know companies that actually make up their listings. They don't tell the truth. Can you believe it? They actually make up fake listings. People are submitting their music to listings and requests that just don't exist. Um, by the way, I just heard, uh, I want to say like Tuesday of last week, yet another so-called competitor of taxis. It's been around for, I don't know, probably eight or 10 years. Uh, go to their website. They're not there. Why? Um, I'll let you be the judge of that. I'm not going to say who they are, or why they're not in business anymore, but I didn't think they were maybe doing it. No, I'm not going to say. Anyway, um, read the listings every day. Uh, people reach out. This is something that I've noticed time and time again, is we will get these kind of nasty emails from people saying, yeah, you know, I signed up for your service and you guys never have listings in the genre that I do. Well, that means one of two things for me. Um, either they don't really know a genre they're in. There is this magical, mythical, genreless genre um, that sounds kind of like really, really weak 70s singer-songwriter music, but it's not as good as really, really weak 70s singer-songwriter music. So it doesn't really have a genre, but there are a lot of people that make that genre. Um, so they don't know what genre <laughs> their music relates to as far as the taxi listings. Um, but we get these people, the other thing that we hear from people is you guys don't have listings in my genre. And, and the most recent one I ran into was somebody who sent an email that got forwarded from the member services department to me. This guy said, you guys never have any instrumental listings. What? What? What do you mean we don't have any instrumental listings? Do you actually look at our listings? Do you go to our website at taxi.com and click on submit music and look at the listings? Do you get our emails every day of the year except for Christmas and maybe Easter? Um, of course we have instrumental listings. Yeah, they, they ebb and flow, but I would say it's one of our more popular genres. We get a lot of requests for instrumentals. So turns out that this person wasn't getting our emails. He also felt ripped off because he wasn't getting his, the emails that he paid for. Well, guess what? They were going to a spam folder. 
So no wonder he thought we didn't have any listings in his genre because he wasn't actually seeing the listings. So make a point to read the listings every day. It serves many purposes. Maybe the most important purpose, well, the most important purpose is there are opportunities that may be really applicable to the music that you love to make, right? Your genre or genres plural. Uh, the other reason is it keeps you very much in touch with what the industry as a whole is looking for. Taxis listings are very reflective uh, of what the industry wants and needs. They need it. They want to pay you money for your music. Come on, you've been waiting your whole life for that, right? You want people to give you money for your music and finally you've got a place for it. You've never checked your spam folder. You don't bother to read the emails if you do get them every day in your inbox. You don't read them so you don't know the opportunities you're missing and then you complain. Eh, that taxi thing not really working out all that well for me. Shame on you. Do you really have the right music for the request? Um, when you spot a, listings, a, a listing that looks like you might have the right music, um, reread that listing. Just reread it again. Don't get super excited when you see a particular keyword within the listing that's like, um, you know, somebody looking for um, pop songs uh, about roller skating um, and you've got an R&B song about roller skating, but you figure, what the hell? It, it's, it's about roller skating, so I'm gonna send it in. But they really, oh, let's say they asked for um, emotionally upbeat, up-tempo, happy songs about roller skating, and you send in a song, uh, you know, like a, let's say you send in a really like street-sounding hip-hop song about, uh, you know, some guy that you ran over in your car while he was roller skating. And the only reference in the whole song is that one reference to him roller skating. And you say, huh, that asked for roller skating. Hmm, I've got roller skating. I think I'll send it in. Duh. So read the listings carefully. If you see something that you think you've got the right music for, reread it again. Just take a little chill pill and read it slowly and carefully and think to yourself, do I really have what it's asking for or am I being delusional? Because if you really have it, then we want to hear it. They want to hear it, the people who need it, who've asked for it. Um, you'd be really smart, I've heard this from a lot of our successful members, that when they see a listing that they think that they've got the right music for or they want to create music for it, they actually bullet point the things in the listing. And then they go through and they go, okay, does this song I'm about to submit meet the criteria for many, if not most, or all of the bullet points on that list? If it does, then send that sucker in because it's probably got a shot. Okay, another thing that you should never do, this is kind of, these are kind of um, subheads underneath the uh, number four, which was read taxi listings every day. So this subhead says, don't try to submit music that you wrote and recorded years ago. There is an exception, and I'll tell you what that is in a minute. But there's a, if you're submitting music that you did two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, seems like the 80s and 90s are popular genres that people like to go back to. It must have been a lot of people recording stuff on uh, like TAC4 tracks or maybe ADATs in the 90s. And they submit this stuff for the listings because they go, well, look at the, the criteria. I've got many of the criteria match up with my music. But there's a really high probability if you look in the first sentence of that listing, 
that it says contemporary pop songs or current sounding pop songs. And so these folks, um, of course, it applies to other genres, not just pop, <clears throat> excuse me, but they, they submit music that sounds dated. It doesn't sound contemporary. It doesn't sound current. It doesn't sound like today. But most of the time, not all the time, there are certainly exceptions where they want music that sounds dated, and I'll tell you about that in a second. But most of the time, they want contemporary music. So yes, your song is about roller skating. Yes, it's a pop song. Yes, it's happy. Yes, it's emotionally upbeat. It meets all those criteria except one of the most critical ones, which is it doesn't sound contemporary, so they can't use it. They don't want their movie or their TV show to sound like it's old, unless they want it to sound old, and that's where the old stuff comes into play. I see many of you in the chat room are, are current members. You know the drill. We get a fair number of requests from companies that want vintage music. They want music. Sometimes they want music that sounds like it was from the 90s, and that's okay if it just sounds like it's from the 90s or 80s or 70s, whatever um, era that they want. But some of the better companies that get a ton of placements with vintage music, they want the real deal. And they're not looking for hits. Would they like a hit? Sure. But more importantly is they want music that sounds authentically from a particular era. And there's a pretty good chance that music is going to be played in a scene as a background source piece, meaning that if you were standing in the room with the actors on the set, wherever they are, you know, supposedly at, let's say they're in a bar, that that music would be heard by the people standing around the bar, like it'd be coming through those round speakers in the ceiling or coming from a jukebox or possibly even coming from a band um, in the bar. And they want music that's authentically from the era and sounds like it would be played in that place during that era. But they, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, I'll figure it out, remind you later. I'll remember, you know, like halfway through the show. Oh, the lyrics are not that important. That's a good thing to remember. Yes, would they prefer to have lyrics that are universal, that don't talk about uh, specific dates, times, places, people, brands, or mention profanity? Because it's going to be played in the background, sure, in a perfect world, that would be awesome. But because it's going to be played in the background, not all that critical. The authenticity to the era and capturing the mood of the bar um, are the two most important things. So. Let me see. Oh, even if you have current music that sort of matches the request, chances are very high that it doesn't match enough of the requirements. Said that earlier, I can be repetitious. <laughs> um, you need to learn to create new music quickly. <gasps> oh, no, I need to learn to create music quickly. Why, it took me six months to do that last song. I don't care. You need to learn how to do it in six days or maybe even six hours. And you can. I know that for a fact because so many of our successful members can create music on demand relatively fast or relatively quickly if you speak really good English. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got members that will see a request for, you know, emotionally up-tempo pop songs about roller skating at uh, you know three o'clock in the afternoon and they know that all submissions need to be in our hands by noon the next day 
Will they stay up all night and create something that's you know written on demand, written to order? Yes, they will. Are those the pieces that more often than not tend to get forwarded because they put a lot of effort into it and they're writing and creating and producing and mixing to order so that they can meet many, if not most, or all of the criteria? Absolutely, they do. Um, so if they can do it, so can you. You know, uh, they're not so special. I, I think I've only met a couple of our members that are actually like legitimately geniuses. Um, and I haven't met that many members that are like, you know, Stevie Wonder talented or Jimi Hendrix talented or Eric Clapton talented. We have a lot of members who are really, really darn good. Um, e even our like superlative members that are just amazing. It's not that they're creating hits, it's that they're submitting the right music. Now, that may get your panties in a bunch, you know, you're thinking, oh, no, they're not looking for hits because I create hits. Sounds to me like it's very factory-like and, and, you know, it's like commoditized music. Ooh, that's bad. They're not looking at the art. Well, truth be told is, especially in the world of sync, more often than not, it is a bit of a commodity, but it's a commodity that's got to match what they're asking for because they're not going to hear an amazing song and go, my goodness, we need to rewrite the scene and just totally redo the scene and the, the um, dialogue, the whole thing, because this song is so good, we have to now change the film or, or change the TV show ain't going to happen. So they already know what the scene is. They know what the dialogue is. They've probably got it edited already, and they need a piece of music that is going to enhance the emotion in that scene or maybe has a lyric, if it's a vocal thing that they're looking for, that goes along with the, the theme of the script. Um, you know, it, it, it's got to enhance the mood, got to enhance and support the emotion. So they're looking more for that than they are hits. And frankly, in some cases, if the song is so good, it may be too good because it might actually distract from the dialogue. It pulls the viewer out of the scene and gets them into the song. Not good. So is it commoditized to an extent? Does it take you out of creating art? Our most successful members tell me, no, the opposite actually happens because they get better from doing it faster and more frequently. Their writing chops get better. They're able to turn the muse on instead of waiting for the muse to just drop by, you know, for like a glass of wine and whatever. Um, so they're able to make the muse appear on command, get their creative juices flowing and create music that is for that thing that the person in the industry wants to actually use and pay you for. So that's great. It generates income. When it generates income, gee, you can make a choice. Do I want to go dig ditches or work in a factory or work at Costco or be a pharmacist? Um, now, that's not a good example. We actually have a really talented member who is a pharmacist. Uh, but you know what I'm saying, a regular straight day job. Or wouldn't it be cool if someday you could actually make enough money making music that you could support yourself and then at nighttime work on your stuff, your artistic grand opus? 
they're not mutually exclusive. And frankly, doing the music to order, if you will, doing music on demand during the day, learning how to be fast at writing, learning how to be fast at recording, learning how to be fast at producing, learning how to be fast at mixing, all those things set you up to make better music for your grand opus, your artistic endeavors that are from your soul, not on demand for the sync industry, okay? So kind of a best of both worlds situation. Okay, number five, woohoo! Boy, we're burning right through these babies, but I've got a surprise for you in a minute. Number five of the five ways you can get the most from Taxi, Brrr, drum roll, become part of the Taxi community. The community? You guys have a community? Those of you who are new to Taxi TV, maybe watching the archive later, turn on the chat room. You will see my beloved community. These people are active. They know each other. They write with each other. They work on each other's material. They hang out and have beers at our convention every year, the road rally. Everything about them says community. And it just happened organically, which is the best way for a community to start. You can't force a good community to happen. It really does have to happen because of the, the souls and the good nature of the people who form the community. They come together because they're like-minded and they end up liking each other. They find ways to work together. So become active on the Taxi Forum, which is at forums with an S, forums.taxi.com. And you know what? Take your music and throw it up in the peer-to-peer -peer section. And don't think you're gonna get slammed like you would on some of the other forums out there. People are actually helpful. You're gonna get really, really great feedback from people, your fellow members, which will help you get better faster on every level, whether it's writing, recording, producing, mixing, any of those things. If you have a question about, um, you know, how should I do these string articulations? Does anybody use this program? And is there a shortcut? Somebody in the taxi community will know about it. You don't understand what a universal lyric is? Somebody's probably posted about it. Actually, 30 people have probably posted about it, and you can get a great education about universal lyrics, amongst many, many other things. The information that you'll hear from taxi members is likely to be far better than the old wives' tales that you've heard via word of mouth over your musical career. Here's my favorite example. I hope this guy... Um, doesn't watch Taxi TV because he's going to be really pissed that I'm throwing him out there as an example. But back in the day, I was actually in a band when I was about 13, 14 years old called the Benjamin Franklin Lightning Rod Society. Our massive fan base called us the BFLRS. And there was a guy, an older guy, who was probably 18 or 19 or 20 years old that lived in the general neighborhood where all of us kids who still rode our bikes to band practice. Um, this guy, his name was Eugene Oates. And I can't remember the name of the band he was in, but he had this giant custom bass amp, custom with a K, K-U-S-T-O-M, you know, the ones with the like tuck and roll padding on the outside. They were the coolest bass amps ever back in the day. He had one of those and the guy actually had a tattoo. Man, was he a badass. So uh, this is before tattoo, you know, back in <laughs> that time period, you only had a tattoo if you'd been to prison or were like a biker, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, Eugene Oates, um, 
had a tattoo, he had this really big amplifier, he had long hair, he had, uh, you know, like a goatee. He was cool, man. And Eugene Oates used to tell us, fill our little stupid 14-year-old heads with all kinds of information that once I got into the actual music industry, I found out that everything that dude told us was wrong. But we were too young and too dumb to understand that this guy was already a resentful, failed musician by the ripe old age of like 19, 20 years old, whatever he was. So everything that came out of his mouth came through a filter of he hated the industry because nobody liked his music, nobody offered him a record deal. So he was just a big old sourpuss. And so the information we got was wrong um, I don't know if he knew it was wrong or if he was just a sourpuss giving out wrong information because he didn't know any better. I don't know what his motivation, if there was any motivation. But the fact of the matter is I grew up until I got into the real music industry thinking that the stuff I learned from Eugene Oates, the guy with the big ass bass amplifier, um, it was wrong. And, and that's what my belief system was wrapped around for years. So just don't believe all those things that you heard Think about it. If you're gonna to listen to information and, and think of it as being true, only you gotta consider the source. You know, why would you consider the information you're getting from somebody who hasn't been successful to be valid? Seek out the successful people because they are the ones that know the deal. They're the ones that know the real information that you need to know. So consider the source. Um, and listen to the advice from those who have already proven themselves to be successful. Okay, did I have a number six? Oh, that was number six. Yes, oh, that's my big secret. I couldn't stop at five, you know me. So I've got, uh, that was number six. This is the number seventh way that you can get the most from your taxi membership. Oh, and I've already kind of covered it, silly me. Listen to the music that was forwarded. Listen to, oh, the, the actual tip is learn from those who are successful, which I already just said. Listen to the music that was forwarded to the same listings that you were returned on. You know what? Don't hate the taxi screener. Don't hate taxi. Don't hate yourself. Don't hate anybody. Look at the fact that you didn't get forwarded for a particular listing is an opportunity to learn. Take that, you know, find the silver lining. So go listen to the music. Um, Ariana, what's the, the URL for our forwards blog? Is it blog.taxi.com? Yeah, blog singular, I think. Blog.taxi.com slash forward or forwards. Yes. And forwards with an S? Uh, no, singular. Forward. Okay, so blog.taxi.com slash forward. Ariana will put it in the chat room, so you've got it there. Um, listen to, you'll see people um, every day, I think virtually every day of the year, we post the material, uh, we post the song titles and, and the artist names and the members' names of the material that was forwarded and which listings it was forwarded for. Also, on the aforementioned taxi forums at forums.taxi.com, you can go look in the forwards part of the, of the forum, which is the very first thing on the first page of the forum, and you can actually see people that very proudly and deservedly so post their forwards because, hey, I got a forward. I've got a chance now. So listen to the stuff, excuse me, that did get forwarded 
and then listen to yours, and do your level best to be objective. Because when you listen, you're going to, if, if you are being objective, and again, treat it as a learning experience, humble yourself, listen to it and go, oh yeah, their mix sounds better than mine. They've got more guitars in there. Oh, look at that, the listing said guitar heavy, right? So they met more of the criteria. Their thing just sounds a little better. It's written better. Whatever, whichever aspects are the things that you didn't nail and they did, take that as a learning experience. Why wouldn't you? It's free. You don't need to go to college to take like a music theory class to get forwards from taxi. Excuse me, Matt. <clears throat> My funky, gunky throat. Oh, never mind. <laughs> ah, that was refreshing. Okay. Oh, look at that. I've got two number sevens. Man, I was really on the ball today. So the second seventh thing that you can do um, to become uh, get the most from Taxi is use the feedback that our A&R people are giving you. Will they be right 100% of the time? Nah, probably not. Will they be right probably 90% of the time or greater? Yeah. Could they have things in their critique that some you agree with and some you don't? Yeah, absolutely. Should you like shove it in a drawer or shut the file, close the file on your computer and look at it in a few days once you've calmed down? Probably. Because there are probably several different things in that critique from the taxi screener. Now remember, that screener is somebody who's unbelievably well-credentialed. These are not interns. These are not people we picked up in the parking lot at Home Depot and gave them your music and said, write a critique. No, these are all people with uh, resumes. You'd go, wow, I can't believe these people actually work for taxi screening music. But you would feel that way about every single one of them. So if they're giving you feedback, um, some of it is going to be really apropos, maybe a lot of it. Listen to it, but wait until you can mentally absorb it, absorb it because there's going to be the keys to the kingdom will be buried in those critiques. And look for consistency. If two or three people are telling you that your, your melodies don't go anywhere, you know, just saying two or three people saying the same thing. That's like three of your friends writing, wash me on the back of your car, right? <clears throat> um, I've never had that happen. Um, okay, the number eighth way to get the most of your taxi membership is, where is my drummer? Learn to collaborate. It's not something that most people, it's an acquired skill, right? Um, most of you are probably working in isolation. Home studio owners and musicians, largely isolated. Basement studios, bedroom studios, in the case of uh, Matt Vanderbow up until very recently, he was isolated in a tool shed in his backyard. Um, but he didn't have any coyotes in his backyard. So anyway, learn to collaborate because number one, it gets you out in the world and it gets you some real world, world feedback from people who are, they're in your world. They are doing what you're doing. And now you would think, well, it's in their best interest to give me bad information because if they steer me down the wrong path, then there's a better chance that they will succeed. For some reason, and I've never really truly been able to figure it out, our members are just awesome. They don't do that stuff. 
they, I mean, I, I won't mention other forums that I go on that are about gear. Um, <laughs> the people on those gear forums, like if you post a song in there, <clears throat> they'll tell you what an idiot you are, how bad the song is, tell you that it sucks. I don't know why they're so malicious. The people on the taxi forum are incredibly supportive. You'll find that to be true at the Taxi Road Rally, our annual convention as well. There's an incredible sense of we're all in this together and rising water floats all boats. All those cliches become true at the Road Rally and on the Taxi Forum. If you're watching the archive of this show on YouTube after the fact, after we've done, you know, we're doing a live show right now, you'll find if you open up the live chat, which I'm looking at, hi guys, um, the people in the live chat are, are sitting here, they're building a community as I'm talking to you. Frankly, it's hard for me not to jump in there and hang out with them. They're talking about their productions, their writing, their schedules, their techniques, all the ways that they've become successful, and they share it live during the show. So that's a community, certainly an extension of the greater community. Um, so not only do you get feedback from Taxi's A&R staff, but you're learning to collaborate, and you're going to get feedback when you collaborate. So let's say that you are you're really good at engineering and production and mixing and all that kind of stuff, but you really can't write a melody all that well. Well, lo and behold, maybe in this um, chat room, uh, Peter Rahill says in the chat room right now, Taxi is a pay it forward friendly community like I've seen nowhere else. Just saying from the peanut gallery. Thanks, Peter. That was well said. I agree. Um, so, you know, whatever your strength is, somebody else needs it. Whatever your weakness is, somebody else has a way to kind of counterbalance that. You know what they say, baby, two heads greater than one. So you're probably thinking, oh, I don't know. How, how do I know that they're like not going to rip me off? Um, if you're really that worried about somebody ripping off an instrumental cue for you, from you, you might want to think about another profession. Um, yeah, if you're working on, you know, like a song that you absolutely want to get to, you know, Ariana Grande. Um, look, I've never heard of anybody in the taxi community ripping off anybody, but I can't say with absolute certainty that it would never happen. I've been in the industry for 40 some years. Frankly, I could count the number of times somebody was legitimately ripped off by somebody else with intent, like on these three fingers. Yeah, those three right there. Um, I don't think that most people, most creative people are inherently thieves. I think that it's always possible somebody could hear a great idea and then two years later they're working on another piece of music and that great idea pops into their head. I know back when I still engineered and produced, I would absorb other people's records. I would listen to them till I wore the grooves out. And I'm sure that I reach back into my bag of tricks and use some of those tricks I learned from people who were better than me. But that was creative borrowing. Um, I didn't still, <laughs> you know, uh, that's different than, than actually hijacking somebody's lyric and melody to the point where you've clearly infringed their copyright. But like I said, I, I really think that 40 some years in the industry, only three times have I ever seen something where I went, wow, that was about as obvious of a ripoff as it gets. So the benefits of collaborating, I believe, far outweigh um, 
the the downside of not collaborating because you fear that maybe you'll look bad in front of a collaborator or maybe you'll make mistakes or maybe they'll rip you off or maybe they'll waste your time. I guess all those things are possibilities, but it's kind of like dating, you know? You don't meet Mr. or Mrs. Wright till you kiss a lot of frogs. And from what I understand from taxi members who do collaborate uh, on a regular basis, that they kind of pre-qualify the frogs they're going to kiss by hanging out with them in the chat room on Taxi TV, by meeting them on the forum, um, then eventually meeting them in the flesh at the road rally, and they bond and they go, you know what, let's, let, let's go on a first date and see what happens. So many of those frog kissing contests have turned into incredible collaborations. Um, I just finished interviewing Cass McKenty, who I think I just saw in the chat room. Um, Cat's a goat farmer. <laughs> I mean, Cass is a goat farmer. Um, Cass worked in the film and TV industry uh, as a construction coordinator for many, many years and then retired early and he moved upstate and he lives up by, um, oh, Cass, where do you live? Uh, his lips are covered in warts. TMI, Cass, TMI. Um, he lives up by, uh, where's that place they had the Olympics like a thousand years ago when Peggy Fleming was a, a Squaw Valley, thank you. Um, he's isolated. He lives on a farm. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, who else I just talked? Oh, Henry Winkle. I was just going back and forth in email with Henry Winkle probably 10 minutes before I started the show. Henry lives on, you know, a, a big piece of land somewhere out there in the, the nether regions, um, fairly isolated. But yet both of them collaborate and, and they have found that collaboration has really upped the productivity and the quality of their music big time. So there you go. You know what? If you can raise goats and live on a farm outside of Squaw Valley and collaborate with people from all over the country, if not all over the world, via, you know, working down a wire, sending files back and forth, maybe the occasional video conference or phone call, um, why wouldn't you do that? Try it a few times. You don't know until you try. Get over the fear. Fear of the unknown is a career killer. Don't let it kill your career. Okay, number nine, don't freeze when somebody offers you a deal. Oh my goodness. Uh, if there was ever a way that you'd get the most from Taxi, it's by actually doing a deal when somebody hears your music and thinks it's right for what they need. And don't go, ah, what do I do now? I've never seen a contract before. Um, Look, if it's for an instrumental instrumental cue, and I don't mean to demean instrumental cues, I'm actually probably their biggest fanboy on the planet, but they are a little bit disposable. And I don't mean that they're crap, not that kind of disposable, like a diaper. They're disposable like you can write five more of the same kind of cue. So, you know, if it doesn't work out, yeah, no big deal. Um, if somebody offers you a deal and it's a company that you met through Taxi, we've already vetted that company. And honestly, in 28 years of being in business, I think we're up to three companies that we no longer work with because they represented themselves one way and they were actually that thing that they represented themselves to be. And then at some point changed their deal or got lazy or didn't return phone calls or emails from people in their catalog, whatever the reasons were, we just said, you know what? We don't feel good about connecting our members with them anymore. 
So we just quit working with them. But the vast majority, and we have literally run listings from thousands of companies over 28 years, thousands. Only three of them have ever bummed us out. So chances are, if you are being offered a deal by one of these companies, now it, it's probably a kosher deal is what I'm trying to say. It may not be the deal of your dreams. Um, it may have some things in it that you don't like, but if it's for an instrumental cue, better to have your music in as many catalogs as you can get it in. Some deals will be better than others. Some will be more to your liking than others, but you won't get ripped off by the companies that Taxi is going to introduce you to. So you, look, you can go on the forum and ask other people if they've ever done business with those companies. Could you get a music attorney? Yes. Any attorney would tell you, seek the counsel of a music attorney. Um, do what Matt Hurt, one of our most successful members of all time did. He paid a music attorney to sit down and go over a couple of contracts with him until he really understood how to read a music library contract. He is probably more expert on music library contracts than many of the attorneys that I know because there aren't that many attorneys that really deal with the music library or the sync side of the industry. Their idea of a sync is getting a Beyonce song in a you know, $100 million production of a blockbuster movie that's coming out next Christmas. So they don't really understand um, you know, getting a dramedy piece in an episode of the Kardashians, just not their, their bailiwick or ballywick, however you say that. So when somebody offers you a deal, ask around, be cool about it. Don't put the company's name up on the forum because the companies don't like that because then they get a huge influx of people sending them a bunch of unsolicited material. And then somebody says, oh yeah, I got your name through taxi. And then they call me up all ticked off. And I don't like getting calls from people that are ticked off, freaks me out. Um, so there you go. Uh, yeah, remember, instrumental tracks, disposable in a good way. There is a good way to be disposable. Don't worry about it. Commodities are okay sometimes. Um, again, if you're working on a song, you might feel differently. If you're working on a song that you absolutely feel in the pit of your gut is a big hit for somebody, that's a different set of rules. Instrumental cues, you can write five more different keys, different melodies, different moods, same setup, same template on your DAW. And that stands for Digital Audio Workstation. Okay, number 10, the 10th way that you can get the most from your taxi membership, suck it up and learn how to make the time to create more music. Wah, wah, wah to the people who say, oh, I've got a family, I've got a job, I've got all these grown-up responsibilities. Wah, 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 wah. You know what? Our most successful members have those things too. Um, oh, Keith LeBrant, we had him on the show last week. Sweetest, nicest, most humble, awesome guy in the world. I love Keith LeBrant. Keith, that's for you, baby. Um, he's just an awesome guy. He is like everything that's right with this little cult of musicians that we've got called Taxi Members. Um, he's married. He's got a programming job. Um, but somehow this guy has made enough music that his music has made it into 750 different TV shows. 750. That's a lot of shows. That's thousands upon thousands of placements, right? Because you got to figure that he's got sometimes three, four pieces in some of those shows. 
maybe more. So he's got a, a family, got a wife. He's got a daughter who I believe Olivia is seven, I think. Um, and he's got a, a pretty tough job. Um, so he finds the time. Uh, another one of our members who's becoming really successful is a guy named Randon Purcell in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, I believe, or no, uh, somewhere in Utah. I can't remember the name of the town. I want to say Handy, but it's not Handy. Sandy, maybe? I don't know. Wherever it is, it's in Utah. Sandy. And Sandy, Utah, and his name is Randon Purcell. And he makes unbelievably great-sounding trailer music the dude gets up at 4.30 in the morning. And you know what? If you want it badly enough, you should get up at 4.30 in the morning too. There, where there's a will, there is a way. So I don't, yeah, wah, wah, wah. I don't like it. Don't do it. Don't do it in front of me, all right? So uh, that's it. I think I've covered it all. Um, but like I said, I'm going to, in a moment, I want you guys to shoot up some tips and I'll read them uh, while we're on the air. And then afterwards, go to the comment section underneath the video on YouTube and put your tips for ways that you think your fellow members can get the most out of Taxi uh, and, and try and make it like new member centric, you know, for people who just joined and really don't know what you guys know because you're here all the time and you know a lot of this stuff so think about what you would say to a new member that you're hanging out with in the registration line or the bar at the road rally and give them some tips and whoever gives the best tip ariana will pick it and she will send you writing production music for tv by mr steve barden um Okay, uh, oh, I want to mention, I'll, I'll remind you of this later because at the end of the show, but there is going to be no taxi TV next week. I'm out of the office um, next Monday, but I will be back in the office, I think it's March 2nd? Yep, I will be back in the office and back in the saddle right here to be with you for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live on March 2nd. All right, let's see what you guys have for suggestions on how other members can get the most from their taxi membership there's a good one new member get an experienced member to collaborate with all right here's a good one who's that from uh one hot day one one hot day one okay sounds like something you'd get at a um, asian noodle place i'll have the one hot day one please with a little hot sauce on it. Um, and the suggestion was collaborate with a, a member who's more experienced than you are, right? Did I get mm -hmm. that correct? For new members. For new members, yes. If you're a new member, and you know what? Don't be a cheese ball <laughs> when you're courting that, you know, it's kind of like dating again. Don't make your approach like, you know, we're just like all over them. Be cool, man. Just hang out, get to know them a little bit, let them get a sense of who you are, and then go, you know, maybe we should collaborate versus hey i heard you're really good and you're really successful want to collaborate because they will see that for what that is which is riding in on their coattails by the way what do you guys think of the lava lamp you know i spare no expense to make this show a quality production so i dropped 19 dollars and 95 cents and i got myself a lava lamp the bummer is it's very colorful but you can't really see the colors all that well but um I like it. Hope you guys like it. 
Peter Rahill says, I like Lava Lamp. Got mine on right now. Cool, bro. Um, Robbie Hancock says, this must be Robbie's suggestion for ways you can get the most from Taxi, is go to the road rally, spend time in the forum, and watch Taxi TV. Those are all excellent suggestions. Um, let's see. Andy Pierce says, invest in yourself and go to the road rally. We hear this all the time. Andy Pierce flew 20 hours from Australia. Dude, you have my respect. Um, met a load of other first timers and now friends and collaborators. It's a no brainer. Anybody who gets on an airplane and flies around the world, first of all, when you get off that plane, you must be jet lagged like crazy. I don't even know how you can walk and talk, let alone you know, go to a convention with a couple thousand people there and make friends, but you did it. So hats off to you. Um, Andre Stepani says, glad you moved the lava lamp from the side of the speaker. Yeah, but you know what? I'm a little worried if we get like a 4.3 tremor, that thing is going to come down and that oil is going to be all over the carpet in my otherwise oilless office. Um, Robert Else said, write, submit, forget, repeat. Robert Else said, hold on, I have a visual aid. Write, submit, forget, and repeat. It's like lather, rinse, repeat. They just do that to get you to use more shampoo. I figured that out. But write, submit, forget, repeat. It's not a play for us to get you to spend more money submitting. It's that don't dwell on one single thing. You know, write, submit, move on, forget about it, and then repeat the cycle. Get as much music in the pipeline as you can. Write, submit, forget, repeat. Don't forget, it's important stuff. Um, oh, Cass McKenty says, Rick Allen, uh, well, he's talking to Rick Allen. I offered lots of free mixing on the forum in the beginning and he met lots of great collaborators that way. See, that's what I'm saying. So there are people out there that make great music, but they can't mix. Cass has a really nice studio at home. He's a talented dude. So he offered up his his skills, and lo and behold, now he casts dating many of our fellow members, musically, I mean. Um, Robert L. says, this is a good look for me. <laughs> okay, I'm going with it. Um, Marion Laird says, I'm going to get to one of those road rallies. I'm going to get one of those when I go to the road. Oh, you're going to get one of these, Marion? Okay, I'll save this one for you, because I love you. You've been a loyal taxi member and a chat room person forever, and I really appreciate that. Uh, Ann House says, if they had never have listings in your genre, damn it, learn to write in the genres that they're looking for. You know what? That's great advice, Ann, and here's why it's great advice, because there are like neighboring genres. You know, folk is not that far away from singer-songwriter. Um, R&B pop not that far away from Latin pop. So there's always a way to like drift out of your lane a little bit, find something else that you could be good at. Um, wow, Martin Lacombe says, might get that tattooed. You know what? Okay, I'm gonna do this for the next road rally. I am gonna get this tattooed on my forehead for the next road rally. And then I'm gonna wear my checkered pants and my yellow sport coat. 
Uh, Fen Tamalona says, have fun. You can't keep going if you don't find it fun. I learned that from Dean's book. That's Dean Crepain's book that he won on Taxi TV. Um, you know what? Hang on a second. I'll be right back. I'm going to recommend another great read for you. I'm coming back. I swear I am. Don't leave. Here I come. Dean Crepain, we love him. He's tall, he's handsome, he's smart, very talented. And he wrote the seminal book, Demystifying the Cue by Dean Crepain. Nobody can spell his last name right. I've known him for probably 20 years. Consider him a close friend, can't spell his last name right. But doesn't stop me from recommending his books. And you should also get the companion book, Demystifying the Genre. If you've ever wondered like what a dramedy cue sounds like and how you make one, this book explains it to you. It's awesome. They're both awesome. Uh, let's see, what else? If you miss a Taxi TV episode, watch it later. It's really helpful. Watch it again. Gloria Covington. Gloria Covington. Thank you. Uh, Gloria, uh, Ariana just told me Gloria says, if you miss a Taxi TV episode, watch it. Uh, watch the archive on YouTube. Yes, they are all up there, at least the ones from recent years. The ones we did on Ustream a thousand years ago, probably not all on YouTube. Um, the video quality was so bad, probably not there. Um, and you know what? Watch them again. I actually have people, I'm really flattered by this and really grateful that people find the episodes so valuable, but people tell us that they will watch the live show and then they listen to the uh, podcast in their car while they're commuting to and from work. Um, as a matter of fact, Ariana, if you would be so kind, can you post a couple of the places where they can find the podcast in the chat room? Uh, McCall Music, Deb and Keith say, just when I think I'm getting closer, I get a forward or two here and there, then it seems like the bar raises again, I'm out of it. So I take the challenge, try, try again. Thank you, that's very, very, very smart of you. Um, Greg Pearson says, learning to pay attention to the listings and how the criteria may fit what I may consider submitting. That, so his tip on how to make taxi work better for you is pay attention to the listings and how the criteria may fit for what you're consider submitting. That has really helped me to think more objectively before submitting. Thank you, Mike. Why, you are welcome. Um, Kathy McKenzie says, I'm new to this. Is there a registration form for the road rally? Um, you can't register for the 2020 rally yet, but you can see um, the rally webpage, and that will also show you last year's schedule, so you'll see what you're getting. And it's worth mentioning that every single taxi member gets a free pass for him or herself and a second free pass for a spouse, a friend, a bandmate, a co-writer, collaborator, whatever. Um, the road rally is life-changing. Nobody ever believes it coming out of my mouth because I own the company and they're absolutely certain that I'm biased. And you know what? Truth be told is I am biased. But ask any of the people in the chat room who've been to the road rally and they will tell you that there is no other convention for people like you that is as good as the road rally. Uh, and what makes it so special are the people that go to the road rally. Yes, is our programming great? Yes, do we have great teachers, mentors, panelists, all that stuff? Yes, we do. But the icing on the cake with the cherry are the people that you meet there and the relationships you build with them. Um, 
Peter Rahill says, take advantage of the free peer-to-peer -peer critique and reviews on the community forums. You know, I mentioned it a little bit in the show or, you know, when I was going down my laundry list before, absolutely uh, the, the greatest feedback comes from the people on our forum. They don't have an attitude. They're not trying to hurt you. They're not trying to build themselves up by, you know, tearing you down. Um, I do find, however, this is just an observation of mine that's probably not true 100% of the time, but usually when you put stuff up on the forum and ask for feedback, usually it's newer people that jump on it quickly to offer feedback because they have good intentions and good hearts. And sometimes because they're newer, their critiquing chops may, you know, it's one thing to form an opinion. It's another thing to have an opinion with a suggestion. So they may be kind, sometimes maybe a little too kind. And they say, oh, that's really lovely. That's really good. But they're not really listening with the taxi bar in mind yet. So I, I don't want to say ignore the first couple, but pay a little more attention to the stuff that's further down the list. That's when you get the meteor critiques. And that's not true 100% of the time. It's just an observation that I've made. Um, Ailey Mathers, Matters, um, or Ally Matters says, I need my music to be placed and not ignored. Okay. Tom Hoy says, also send your song in for a custom critique. He didn't actually say the word custom, but using my exceptional powers of ESP, I was able to fill in the blank. Um, we do custom critiques that... Um, and thank you for bringing that up, Tom. We never market it or promote it like we should. We just don't. And people that take advantage of it absolutely swear by it, so I should probably spend more time yakking about it. Um, custom critiques, what do we charge? 20 bucks a piece for those. And the screeners spend a lot of time and give a lot of detailed feedback. People who've taken, so in other words, you're sending your music in just for like a general critique. You're not sending it in for a particular opportunity. But let's say you've just written something new and let's say that you've written a new song and you don't know if it's good or it's bad. Does it need a bridge? Does the chorus pop enough? Is the melody interesting enough to hold people's attention? Um, do the lyrics invite the listener in? All those little things that add up to a great song. And, and you don't know, you can't be objective and you don't have anybody that you really trust send it in for a custom critique before you go to the trouble of fully producing it. Brilliant, but effective. Um, Ron Kajawa says the gentleman who earlier said don't, he didn't want to, or I'm not sure if it's a man or a woman actually, doesn't want his, his or her music to be ignored. Make sure it fits the pitch then do all the admin stuff required. And what Ron means by the admin stuff is do a mix minus vocal, maybe do some stems, which are, you know, like just the rhythm section or maybe just the brass or just the vocals or maybe bass and drums. Um, break out some mixes like that uh, so that if the editors of a show need to go to a section, let's say with no vocals, to drop in a voiceover, that they've got it. 
Um, other stuff that would be considered administrative is tagging your music, tagging it with the right keywords to make sure that when somebody searches for it that it can get found. Make sure that you tag it with all the writers' names and what percentage of the copyright that they all own. Um, make sure above all else that your contact information is in there. So if somebody in the industry wants to use it, they can. So there you go. Um, Weather Eye says, I've spent more than $20 for critiques that weren't nearly as good as the custom critiques from Taxi. Thank you. Uh, oh, Dean Crepain's in the chat. Hey, Dean, how are you, buddy? Um, Dean says, the Taxi Road Rally is a must-go. You will shave three to five years off your learning curve by attending, in my opinion, and connect with industry people. Can I use that in my marketing, Dean? That's a good one. I like it. The Taxi Road Rally is a must-go, says Dean Crepain. You will shave three to five years off your learning curve by attending. You know, that's probably a true statement. And you'll connect with industry people. You know what? People don't believe <laughs> that they can actually connect with industry people at the rally. But uh, it happens every minute of every day. Somebody is meeting somebody from the industry. We get so many emails and see so many posts on our forum from taxi members who've gone to the road rally and met industry people just hanging out, having a beer at night, walking down a hallway, in an elevator, probably in the restroom. Um, the industry people that go to the road rally, we prep them in advance. They know that it's a very friendly event that they should, if they've got a stick inserted in any part of their body, take the stick out before you come to the road rally. Uh, and they do. Um, Fentam Lomas says, just finished reading Dean's book, great stuff. I could not agree more. Um, David Brown says, this is my second time being a taxi member, once in the late 90s and now. I hope to attend the road rally this time and I found the critiques very helpful. By the way, um, we changed the critique forms. Uh, we've been doing a lot of work on the website and the back-end databasing stuff that you guys don't see. We've spent oodles of money and oodles of time, um, pulled out a lot of hair over these issues. And um, we recently launched new critique forms. Um, in, in the past, basically, it was like one form served all, kind of. I mean, there were a couple of forms. But now we've got like a film and TV instrumental critique form. We've got a film and TV song with a vocal critique form. We've got a critique form that is if you're pitching songs to artists on labels. We've got a critique form if you're a band trying to get signed by a label. Um, so do you guys like the these new critique forms? Um, we're finding that the screeners are moving a little more slowly, but we think that they're, you know, kind of getting up to speed on the new forms. Um, Andre Stepanian says, way better user-friendly website now. Thank you. Um, Robbie Hancock says, I met Ken Collet outside the washroom randomly just before his panel. Really nice man. Yes, he is. I, I love that man. I really do. Um, I'm trying to get Ken to do... Uh, his new book about the making of the album Tusk with Fleetwood Mac recently came out. And so I'm probably going to go over to his studio and do a taxi TV and interview him about that book um, sometime in the next few months. Uh, pro actually, probably next few weeks. Uh, Weather Eyes has plus one on the news site and the forums. 
Rick Paul says the new forms are helpful, especially the three top summary bits in the categories in the checklist. Yeah, we, what we did was we take we found that the screeners were writing basically the same comments over and over because so many people make similar mistakes. So we made many of the checkoff items are reflective of those common mistakes. Just saves time. Saves time. Um, Ron Svoboda says the new forms are much more helpful and the new site is very impressive. Thank you. Um, Chad Rosenberg says, I met several industry people at the rally and they were happy to exchange business cards. A couple have been happy to follow up via email. See, I don't think that happens so much at other conventions. Um, David Brown says the forms are better than the before. Uh, no, 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 no. So, all right. Um, oh, also, did I mention this already? I'm trying to get the BG's co-producers to come to the rally and do a thing with me at the upcoming rally, kind of like I did with Ken last year, where we take probably Saturday Night Fever by the BGs and go track by track with them playing you um, individual, you know, soloed instruments and, and uh, you know various forms of the mix uh, and talking about how that record came about. Uh, I, I, you know what, I go back and listen to BG stuff probably three or four times a year and just, I'm amazed. Yes, it's 40 years old, but it still just has a certain currency about it. It's timeless. More, more than sounding current, it's just timeless. Um, The open listening panels, Mike and Deb McCall say, uh, I mean, Keith and Deb McCall say, the listening panels, the road rally are really helpful. The feedback is mostly doable, meaning that the feedback that they got was stuff that they can probably accomplish. Um, oh, Ron Svoboda wants to know, this is a good question, Ron. Why do taxi dispatch opportunities cost extra? I'm glad you asked, because that's one of those things I should probably talk about more and don't. Um, Years ago, I think around the early 2000s, uh, when we first moved into this new office complex we're in, uh, just before we moved in here, all of a sudden we started getting requests from music libraries that needed stuff much more quickly. Most of our listings, for those of you who don't know, we didn't publish listings every day of the year. We published them in big batches on the 15th and the 1st of the month. Well, problem was, if somebody called us on the 16th and said, hey, I'm looking for XYZ kind of music, but I need it in my hands in six days, and we weren't going to publish the next batch of listings till the first of the month, which was two weeks later, we couldn't take that listings and, listing, and you guys didn't get the opportunity. So that started happening more and more frequently. Then we started getting calls from music supervisors that needed stuff in like three or four days. So we created Taxi Dispatch but it required a, an office that was dedicated to that. It, it took about one and a half people to take care of it because it was fast turnaround stuff and they really had to focus on that and not any of the other listings. So getting them in the door, writing them, proofing them, getting them out, um, and then checking the music that came in that the screeners, we had to call screeners in for like nighttime shifts and stuff. So all that cost money and time. So we said, what the heck, we're, we're going to make this an upgraded part of what Taxi does. Well, over the years, the industry has morphed to where it seems like everything is needed in a hurry. Um, and then we found that we saw a lot more people submitting to the Taxi dis Dispatch listings that were instrumentals. 
And at some point we did a survey. I think we asked, I want to say like 50 people, what would you like taxi dispatch to be? Um, because the industry has morphed into kind of like shorter turnaround times in general. And they all said, we just want more instrumental listings. So we started running almost entirely, not exclusively instrumentals, but almost entirely instrumental listings. We found that only 10% of our members are actually dispatch members because it costs like another 149.95 a year to be a dispatch member, um, which works out to like let's say 43 cents a day or something. And it's also um, prorated. So if you're like two thirds of the way through your membership and you want to give Taxi Dispatch a little test drive around the block, you can go to the website. It will give you a prorated number. So if you're signing up for a third of the year, it's going to be roughly 50 bucks. So it's a good way to get your foot in the door and give it a try. Um, so that's Dispatch has just morphed into almost all instrumental stuff. And frankly, Sometimes um, we find that we run stuff in dispatch and not enough people submit to it. And then we have to pop out that listing and run it in the regular listings. So we're looking at all kinds of possibilities. It may be that this is the year where we actually raise the price of taxi, but include the dispatch listings in the regular price of taxi. So what do you guys think about that? Because obviously we haven't raised the price of taxi in 28 years. Um, how much has your house value gone up in 28 years? How much more are you paying for a car now than you were 28 years ago? How much more does a pair of shoes cost? Food, all that stuff. Yet taxi is the only thing other than consumer electronics that has remained um, very affordable over the years. But our rent is, believe it or not, our rent is up to a, almost $14,000 a month, if you can believe that. Um, everything we do, um, is is just more expensive the staff is more expensive um advertising oh my god advertising so expensive so we were contemplating we haven't landed on a number yet but we're thinking about raising the price of a taxi membership but rolling dispatch into it so you get both um for another number so you know maybe it'll be that we raise the price of taxi 100 bucks a year but you get 150 dollars worth of dispatch with it so let me know in the chat room. Um, yeah, Robbie, that's how much it costs. It's like 13000 and change for the rent here. Um, we've got a lot of square footage. Frankly, we've probably got more square footage than we need at this point. Um, oh, yeah, the accounting. Thank you. Cass just mentioned the AB5, the new law. That's costing us $35,000 a year more in taxes because this new law they passed where our screeners can no longer be independent contractors. Um, Uh, oh, people are basically saying they, they like that. Uh, they like the idea of us rolling dispatch into the regular thing and just making it $100 a year more for taxi. Um, cool. So, yeah, we're looking at that. Uh, we want to get done with all the website changes and feel really good that we are giving you guys. Oh, yeah, we spent about $150,000 on the website stuff, if you can believe that. Um, so yeah, we spend a lot of money and it's time, I believe, to raise the price. Um, I'm reading, sorry, for those of you watching the archive, I'm reading the chat room now. Uh, Oh, somebody said, why don't you just take the whole thing online, let everybody work from home as remotes? 
you know what? We've had a lot of screeners that have worked remote in the past. And frankly, we just felt that the quality in some cases went downhill. Their um, delivery, you know, of like getting stuff done in a timely fashion. Look, when there's a TV and a refrigerator nearby, it's a little harder to get stuff done. Plus, we really like them being here. It's kind of like the road rally when they're here in the office. The screeners go grab a cup of coffee. They talk to another screener and they say, you know, I'm a little stumped. I keep running into this particular problem. How do you deal with it? Or they go to the head screener who's here to solve those problems for them. Or if they run into something that they've already done, they can basically tag team another screener that's also qualified to work on that genre. So there are a lot of benefits to having them under the roof. Um, it's good for them to feel like they're part of staff because now, thanks to the government of California, they are part of the staff. Uh, what did Gloria just say uh, that people are agreeing with? Let's see. Or any chance there will be Christian gospel listings in the near future? Any chance there will be Christian gospel listings in the near future? There haven't been any lately. Um, honestly, I don't know because we don't control. We do when we feel like a certain part of our membership base is being underserved because the industry is not reaching out to us. We will proactively reach out to the industry. Um, We've had periods where we thought we we're that we actually did really, really well with the Christian music industry, not the Christian gospel side so much. Um, I will tell you that we have talked about, uh, and we are loosely in the planning stages of putting together outside of taxi, because uh, my wife is a uh, travel expert on the country of Israel. So we have talked about doing a Christian like song camp actually in the Holy Land um, sometime. Probably we're looking at May of 2021, where we would do at least a week, if not like 10 days there and do um, go out and do some touring of holy sites in the morning and then do writing in the afternoon and then dinner time, maybe play some of the stuff that was written. Uh, so we're toying with that. So. Um, Join us for that, Gloria. Uh, <laughs> Peter Rahill says, that sounds ambitious, to which I say, dear God, yes, it is. <laughs> um, uh, don't post company names in the chat, please, Fen. <laughs> Can we remove that? Yeah, yeah. Can you Honestly, I don't know if he would be part of that because he doesn't do Christian stuff. And, you know, I, my wife and I are not Christian. We're Jewish, but um, we go to Israel a lot. Um, we have children that live there now full time. And uh, I don't know, just uh, we actually were part of a tour once in the old city in Jerusalem. And the tour guide took us to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and uh we just looked at each other and went, wow, you know, we've got taxi members that love to write Christian music. They would love. Israel, if you've never been there, is an amazing place to go. And you don't feel unsafe. I always tell people I feel safer walking around the streets of almost anywhere in Israel, safer there than I do walking from a parking lot at the Staples Center, actually into the Staples Center. I always feel like I need, you know, like a, a ninja sword or something to make that walk from the parking lot into the Staples Center. But yeah, Israel's pretty mind-blowing. 
you feel something special when you arrive there. The history is amazing. And so, yeah, we've talked about it. We've been talking about it for a couple of years and uh, we're thinking about doing it. Uh, we're getting more and more serious. Uh, with that, I think I wanna say good night because my throat's getting dry <clears throat> and the congestion from being ill over the weekend is, yeah, it's moving around. So um, I wanna remind you guys, please go into the, um, uh, the comment area below and comment any other suggestions you have for ways that your fellow members, especially the new ones, can get the most from their taxi membership. And one of you people that Ariana will pick out in the next few days is gonna send you that book. Mojo says, feel better, ML, thank you. I'm actually not that sick now. I've just got the goop hanging over from being sick. Um, Oh, Tusk, uh, the engineer uh, producer on that is Ken Clay, same guy that did um, Rumors. Um, so with that, thank you. Um, <laughs> Kathy McKenzie says, thank you. You gave us double the tips than promised. Yep, I always try to under-promise and over-deliver. I will see you guys back here in two weeks <clears throat> for another. Where's, where's the band, damn it? Here's the band now for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. And don't forget, we, oh yeah, did I tell you what we're gonna do in two weeks? I'm gonna have Bill Gordon, who is an amazing piano player. And this guy has had amazing placements with nothing more than solo piano cues. So I wanna pick his brain and find out what he knows about solo piano cues, because a lot of you can do that. They get used all the time in the back of like, you know, restaurant scenes, elevators, what have you, they're used pretty frequently. Cocktail jazz being probably the most frequently asked format. So with that, I bid you a fond farewell. See you again on March 2nd. Adios, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us today. Bye-bye.